Give him a hand, clap of praise, amen. No one's so holy. Now give God a hand, clap of praise. No one's so holy. No one's so holy. No one's so holy. Hallelujah, King Jesus. Hallelujah, King Jesus. No one's so holy. Amen. Amen. Let us give our attention to the scriptures. That's Romans 6, verses 1 through 11. The words of the Lord are before you. Should we continue to sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we may no longer be enslaved to sin. For wherever has died, for whoever has died is free from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lived, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come right now. Move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, dear Lord. We ask that you would give us what we need and speak through this word that it may send us forth in a mighty way so that we are set free and we are free indeed. We pray this in your precious son Jesus' name. Amen. The word simply is called free to live. And I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be free to live in Christ Jesus. I know I have some teenagers in the house and they want to be free to live, free to do their thing when they want, how they want it, on the day they want it, but that's not the free to live we're talking about. 
I know we have some style experts in the house, and we are excited that you can look and feel and do anything you want to do. You can have your own hat, your own shades, and your own look if you want to. It may not be somebody else's look, and you may not be able to pull it off, but this is not the free to live that I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that's greater than our outside, greater than our personal desires, and greater than what it means to just say, I'm free to live and be the way I want to be. Has anybody ever heard of Sintown? Some people say it's Vegas, some people say it's across town, some people say it's around the corner, but Sintown is wherever humanity is. For if we have not been set free and we are not free indeed, actually where we reside is our own personal Sintown. If you were the mayor of Sintown, how would you live? Would you sin all day, talk junk all day, do nothing all day? Or maybe you would just say, hang out with all the sinners of the world. You would make sin phone calls, check out sin locations, and you would keep in touch with all your sin situations. It would become a way of life. But you would be free to live, but you would be free and dead. For eventually sin will kill us all. But if we have not committed our desires and our hearts and our minds and our souls unto the Lord thy God, sin is running rampant. Sin in this house, sin in that house, and we even get into comparative sin. My sin is not as bad as your sin. I didn't do that last week, you did that, and the other person did that the other week. And oh, you stepping on my toes. I don't do that. I am saved by grace. The reality of it all is by the faith and love and grace of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the Most High God. We have an opportunity this day, right now, to move all of our stuff, all of our addresses, all of our households out of a sin situation. You may say, I'm comfortable in my sin. I've given my finance over to Jesus. I've given my family over to Jesus. Now you want me to give my recreational sin over to Jesus? Oh, why are you going there, Pastor? I only go to the casino every now and then. It's not like I go all the time. I got quiet in here, didn't get quiet? Oh, it got real quiet. You could almost hear a pin drop. Or maybe your sin is, no, I don't, I don't gamble. I don't even play the lotto. And you say, well, why? You know, how can you claim that? Well, look, I, I can tell you, I delivered in the name of Jesus. My father was a police officer when I grew up, and he believed that you could play the legal gambling things. You don't play under the table. You just play the legal stuff. When my daddy passed, the gentleman that owned the corner store down the street, when we went to him and said, my father has passed. Oh, no, not Mr. Thomas. He couldn't have passed. He was my best customer. We know. we just working and praying for his soul right now in the name of Jesus. He would hit a few numbers. If we got on a plane, he wanted to know what seat we were in, what the flight number was, and when it was arriving. He could make that look a different picture, and that was part of his thing. But he said, I'm a good man. I pay my tithe. I go to church most of the time. 
I love my kids and my family. I love my wife. I'm not a bad person. Why do you have to get on this sin thing? And when he started his journey and he gave, became transformed, I realized that grace was good. Grace was everlasting because grace included not only my father, what he considered his tiny sin, to all the sins of the world because God gave us an opportunity to be set free. So I'm telling you this in the beginning of this so I can set the tone. So everybody whose foot is hurting, because they say she's getting ready to come over here and talk about my sin in a few minutes. So I'd appreciate if she would just stay over there. We all have a sin. We all have sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's by the grace of God. And we know that God has dominion. And he went to the cross. He didn't go to the cross only for Juan and Jamie and Joseph and Bobby and Sally. You may say, where are these people you calling? Because all of us have a name. And some of us, the name that we live in every day, that's the name we call ourselves. But when we get into our sin, we call ourselves something else. So we can say it, it's, it's over here. That's somebody else's sin, and that's not really me. We want to be in denial about what we do. And then we want to be in Sin City, where the mayor of sin says, it's all good. You don't have to change. You don't have to reconcile to Jesus Christ. You can just live just like you was and be okay. The reality of it all, sin cost us our life, yes. but sin cost us our relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it cost ourselves that on a day-to-day -day basis. Where's the hope? Where's the joy? Where's the relief from just ourselves? I'm so glad you asked, because that's what today's sermon is about that we are free to live, and that God gives us freedom in the life that he offers us. I want you to just hear a few words from the baptismal covenant that many of us were involved in, whether we were little children, whether we were infants, whether we've experienced as a body, that we would be renewed. The covenant starts out simply, this one says, because this is an affirmation of our baptismal covenant. You may say, what is baptism? I remember baptizing my baby. I don't know when I got baptized. Some of us here know exactly what the date was because it was Mother's Day 2008. Some of us know that baptism is our beginning in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of us understand that it's a means of grace that affirms us day in and day out because it is an outward sign of the transformation that God is making inside of each of us. For he gave us this grace that if we would just confess our sins and we would say, I want to be part of the body of Christ and I believe that you are the true and living God, that you went to the cross on my behalf and that your grace is sufficient I receive your forgiveness, your mercy and your grace, and I commend my heart and my soul unto you that you will make me new by faith. I may not look different on the outside, 
but you touch my heart. You change my soul. You move my mind. You set my life on fire. You have said unto me, come unto me, for I will give you rest. And I will transform your life. The unconditional love that I have with your name on it, ain't nobody can get that but you. And I'm looking for you every day so that I can love you, nurture you, and give you the life that will set you free. The sacrament starts out this way, sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism. God's spirit was poured out onto the water. Water poured over and immersing us. Water that flows freely for us and receiving it. Water from the streams of God's saving power, of power and justice. God, the water that brings hope for the thirst, for the righteousness. Water that refreshes our life, nurtures our growth, and offers us new life. You say, Pastor, that's not the one I heard when I was growing up. That's got some different words in it. The opportunity sometimes is we forget that the water and the Spirit and the Holy Ghost is moving and God the Father, God the Son, and we try to say, well, how does baptism mean something to me every day? I'm not going around looking for somebody to sprinkle me with water, immerse me into the pool, or do anything else. How does that make a difference in my life today? That's where we're going in this worship today. For the sermon title simply is free to love. And some of us aren't free to love because we're bound by sin. When Paul wrote this book, he set us up. He wanted us to be perfectly clear that we needed to be set free from our sins. And you may say, look, Pastor, I have to justify this one. I'm getting myself together. But if you could just give me a little time on that particular sin, I'm conscious now. I know what's going on. But could you just give a sister and a brother a break? You know, hold up. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in transformation. You know, I see my life being changed before me. But part of this process is we have to make a decision as people of God to say, God has already saved me. God has set me free. God is changing and doing things in my life. But I have to decide in my mind and my heart and my spirit that I'm going to go where God says for me to go. It not, may not be popular. It may not be fancy. It may not be what everybody thinks. You may have to move your stuff. I don't know what your stuff is, but your stuff is what God says that it is. And then we have to say, Lord, I confess my sin unto you because I don't want to be separated from your love anymore. I don't want to have to make a reason to skip doing what you say I ought to do. I don't want to miss your blessing. Paul offered us a setup. It was a Holy Spirit setup. He said that if we're going to live, we must die. It doesn't mean you give up all the fun. It doesn't mean you give up all the glory. It doesn't mean you give up all the great things. It just means that there is something that has to change in your life, and that is your heart willing to walk with the Lord, talk with the Lord, go where the Lord thy God says to go. But it's also about commitment. If you desire to be born again and made new, are you willing to yield all of yourself, all of your stuff, 
all of your well-being, all of your future plans, all of your situations? Are you willing to say, I give them to you, God, and I'm going to bow down upon my knees, and I'm going to listen with earnestness because I want to go where you want me to go. I'm tired of hanging out here in places you haven't called me to go to. I'm tired of being in situations that are over and over and over. I've been on this street before. You told me not to go there, but something said, I'm going to be my own person, free to be and do what I want to do. I'm going to go because it's cool for me. He done told us not to go there. And we just decided, hmm, I'm grown, and I'm going to go there anyway. Our decisions, our choices can keep us bound. When the Lord said, I have invited you to live free, and you over here playing. Hmm. I want to explore a few things. Last couple of weeks, we've checked out what is righteousness, We've looked at what is promise, what is love. This particular passage, it teaches us the core roots of our understanding of what baptism is, but it also tells us how we get it. How do we live free? We have to die daily. We have to die daily. We have to be willing to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's not about all that I want to do. It's not about me being right. It's not about me being first. It's not about me competing with somebody. It's not about me showing off. It's not about my money. It's not about me having charge and large and do everything this way. It's not about that. It's about do you want to live free in Jesus' name? You will still have bills. You will still have jobs. You will still have things you need to do. You will still have expectation. You will still have dreams. You will still have promises. But you will have the peace that surpasses all understanding in a brand new kind of way because you are free to live the life that God has placed in you. Your dreams will become bigger. Your love will become mightier. Your ability to be who God has called you to be will come from the bottom of your soul and literally ooze out of your being. Do you want to live free or do you want to live now? Do you want to be tripped out or do you want to be set free to be free indeed? What is it that you want from Jesus Christ? Hmm. Is your sin that good? Are you that comfortable in it? Is it keeping you warm at night? Has it made you crazy? Ha. Ah. Baptism is an outward sign of grace and an inward sign of love and new birth. At the moment that Christ, that we commit unto Christ, our life has changed and it has changed forever. Does it mean we never sin again? Does it mean we don't need Jesus? Do we need, does it mean that we just turn around and say, when I get in the next crisis, I think I'm going to call Jesus. Nah. It means that we are free to live, free to learn, free to love, and free to acknowledge that sin is not the ruler of our lives anymore. For being baptized helps us to connect with a most high God, that he makes resurrection real for you and for me. For he died on the cross for our sins. 
not just for your cousin, your mama, your grandmama, but all the world humanity sins. He died before we were even thought about as a child coming out of our mama's womb. He knew that we would be, and we're here right now. You don't hear me. Sin is destroying the gift that God has in each of us. What will you do about it? Do you want to be free to live? Or do you just want to be dead as a doorknob? What does sin look like when it's operating in our lives? I'm not asking anybody for their confession. I'm not even asking for anybody to make their own personal statement. When it is alive in our lives, we are separated from Christ. His grace is abound, but our relationship is broken. We have basically told God, I got this. And so instead of having the freedom to live, we just nail in one more coffin, poof, another nail over here, poof, another nail over here, poof, another nail over here, poof. And we are inside the coffin. Our spirits are caved in. We are shut down, locked down, and we can't even get a good hallelujah. We try to raise our arms and we just like, oh, well, I don't know. That, that's not my song. It is our song. We are sinners saved by grace. And this scripture directs us to ask the simple question. I can't answer for anybody in this room, but are you living below where God has said you should be? Are you living below your blessing? Are you living below your situation? Is your house just a little tilted? And that sin has you just bending a little to the other way. And you say, I, I, I really want to straighten myself up. And when I get here, I'm going to straighten myself up. We can't straighten ourselves up by ourselves. So we want to live free. We got to invite Jesus into our life. He's waiting for the invitation. He's right here saying, I want to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I've been waiting to call you, and you haven't picked up the phone. Stop putting me on call waiting. Are you living below where God has called you to be? And will you risk your personal comfort zone to be free? Will you risk comfortability to grow out of complacency? Will you move your house from complacent island and not move into apathetic row. I don't care. It don't mean nothing. Your life means something to God. It means something to all of us. Will you stand still long enough to not give permission for sin to take you to apathetic lanes and move your house to Hopeless Boulevard? But if you are already residing at Hopeless Boulevard, I came by here this morning to tell you that the Lord thy God has said, I've been looking for you, baby. I've been trying to get in touch with you. Your phone number's changed two or three times, but I found out where you are, and I'm calling out your name because the day is your day. 
I'm inviting you to live free, not because of anything you've not, not because you're so awesome, but I know you're mine, and I called your name, and I said, baby, I've been looking for you. Do you want to live free? If you do, try Jesus. If you do, call Jesus. If you do, get in touch with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you forgot who he was, I just stopped by here to tell you that he's the man who died on the cross to set each one of us free. He's looking for every single one of us. If you don't know Jesus, the altar is open. Come on down, because if you're here today and you don't know him, he wants to meet you. Will you make a decision from this point on to turn your sin card in because the mayor of Sin City just lost a residence. Try living free today. In the name of Jesus, the doors of the church are open. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Alzaré mi voz y cantaré al Señor. Él es digno. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Let's celebrate the presence. The presence of the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. He is worthy. He is worthy. Oh, oh, praise. Oh, vamos todos juntos. Vamos todos juntos a celebrar la presencia.